Hey there, Odie Tuggers. Welcome to this episode of K-Scope Uncovered. I am your K-Scope 21 conference chair, Kevin McGinley. Good to have everyone on. It's been a little while since we did the last episode, and boy, has a lot changed since we did that last episode. So I want to catch everybody up to date on everything that's going on and where we're at uh, before I get to my uh, guest on this episode. Um, so, of course, the, the major change or the major difference uh, that has occurred in the last two months is the decision to pivot uh, the K-Scope 21 in-person conference to a virtual conference instead. Um, this was something that, you know, we have been monitoring all year as a conference committee. The board has obviously been monitoring as it's uh, related to their experience last year with having to to cancel K-Scope 20. So, so this was something, you know, that didn't catch us by surprise this time. Um, and as such, you know, they were, the board was in constant conversations about, you know, what, what sort of the state of things were and, and when they would make, need to make the, the sort of appropriate decisions to, to pivot the event. And, and we as a conference committee, kind of all along, we're operating under the possibility that K-Scope was gonna unfold in multiple ways. Um, you know, we were uh, definitely planning for an in-person conference. We were definitely planning for a virtual event. We knew that both could happen. We knew that one might happen and not the other. Uh, and there were even some other sort of uh, potential contingencies on the table as well. So, so that decision has been firmly made. We are going to be running um, a two-week uh, virtual event, um, the normal week of K-Scope uh, in mid-June. Um, uh, followed by a second week right after um, that will last five days the first week, four days the second week. All of the details are published on the kscope21.odtug.com website that you can go check out. And our conference committee has been hard at work around uh, getting all of the speaker acceptances out. Uh, we, we had our big meeting where we look at all of the track team's requested sessions. Uh, the content chairs give them all a look over and then we as an entire conference committee talk through uh, the entire list. We look holistically across tracks to try to understand speakers and companies and uh, the ACE program and, and uh, you know, whether we have a good mix of customers speaking versus consultants and all kinds of different angles that we look at all of the selections across and that that really helps us finalize on the first round of speaker acceptances that went out on February 22nd. Um, pretty much all of our speakers have responded by now as to whether they're going to be speaking. Um, and if they weren't able to, we've gone ahead and selected alternates. Um, so we were able to actually publish the full agenda for the regular 60 minute sessions. Um, out on the website, but that is not the totality of what we're doing. We're also going to have uh, hands-on labs that the content chairs are working on uh, right now, as well as we're going to have an Oracle Symposium Day um, on the first day of the uh, event. It's going to be the Monday Symposium this year instead of the, the typical Sunday Symposium, which doesn't have the quite the same alliteration to it, but uh, will still be a great day packed full of Oracle updates from Oracle product management across uh, lots of different areas of Oracle. So super excited about that. 
And, and so that's, that's kind of where we're at right now and what we're working on. And, and of course, we also have plans for some other types of sessions throughout the day, um, other blocks of time that we'll be doing some different things with that, that I'll give you more updates on as, as we go along. But, but those will, you know, sort of focus around trying to get people to interact with each other, other both in professional and fun ways. Um, as well as interact with our um, vendor community. So the great sponsors that we're going to have at the event, um, you know, all want the opportunity to meet with you and, and hear about your sort of challenges and problems that they could uh, potentially help you with. So, so there'll be definitely uh, time for that. And, and, you know, there could be a few other tidbits uh, that we'll sprinkle in there as well, or, or even that our uh, vendors will sprinkle in as well. So, uh, you know, stay tuned. Registration is live. Um, it's $199 for um, uh, associate members and $179 for full OD Tug members. Um, and again, that gets you access to all nine days. Um, different days have different tracks running at different times. Uh, and, and so you can pick and choose which days make the most sense for you to attend, or you can attend all nine days if you have that kind of appetite and bandwidth for for great content uh, and great networking. So that's kind of where we're at from, from a planning perspective. We're, we're super excited, a huge milestone to get those speaker acceptances out. That's, that's like, you know, big, huge date on our, on our project plan. Um, and, and now we're focused on uh, some of the other things that we need to do to kind of wrap up planning for the event. Um, I think the other thing that's really interesting and different is we've gone ahead and, and decided on a virtual platform to run the event on. So these aren't just going to be, you know, go-to meetings, nothing, nothing against go-to meetings, um, but, but this will be a much more involved platform um, that's actually run by the same company that, that provides the mobile application for K-Scope um, for the last couple of years. So there will be a lot of sort of engagement opportunities, all of the Streaming is built right into the platform. You don't need a, a different client for when, when you're working on the platform and you'll be able to build schedules and, and things like that. Um, so more, more information on all that will be coming. Um, but the, the point here is that this will be a, a much more robust experience um, than, than what we were able to sort of cobble together at the last minute last, last year for the, the Learn From Home series. So Really looking forward to that. Um, and I'm also really looking forward to, to chatting with my guests. Um, so here on the podcast, I've invited um, Minnie Parikh. How you doing, Minnie? Great. How are you, Kevin? Excellent. And uh, why don't you give a you know, wonderful summary of what your role in the conference committee is for everyone? What, what are some areas that you focus on and, and uh, you know, engage in over the 10 month planning period that is planning a case scope? Sure. So as vendor and marketing chair, I work with YCC on both fronts, uh, not only to market the conference to potential attendees, but also our vendor community and to make sure that they get what they need uh, from the conference with all the engagement that we have pre, during, and, and post-conference as well. So um, throughout the year, there's a number of announcements that typically go out and campaigns that we do. Um, and we've been trying to really collaborate and engage with vendors um, to make sure this is a, and even more so of a partnership um, between YCC and the ODTUG planning committee for the conference. Awesome. So great to have you uh, on the podcast here. Um, so what are we going to talk about? 
Well, actually, I think we're going to turn the tables this time, Kevin, because you usually do the questioning, but <laughs> let's have you on the hot seat for a change. Uh, not like this year wasn't um, a hot seat enough, but you know, <laughs> why don't you get into what it's been like planning a conference during a pandemic as the conference chair? Yeah, it, um, it, it, it has been interesting for sure. And, and there's, uh, you know, this has definitely not been a normal two years for, for any conference chair. Um, I, you know, it's interesting because, you know, last year kind of caught us by surprise. Um, you know, back when uh, I think it was first brought up at a board meeting that, hey, you know, maybe we need to start to pay attention to this, you know, thing that's happening over in, in, Wuhan, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, how this could be potentially spreading to some other areas, maybe we should keep tabs on it to, you know, at the time, you know, this, these types of things that happened in the world before, and, and you never really think, oh, this is, this is actually going to sort of hit home and, and really land on our shores and cause the havoc that it did. So we didn't, we didn't fully know, um, you know, what, what the significance of it was going to be back then. And, and then it sort of blindsided us, um, you know, in terms of it, the significance of its impact, which, which led to a very difficult and, and somewhat abrupt decision to have to cancel the event. Uh, and we hadn't really planned for any contingencies there. There, there. You know, we were kind of on our normal cadence of planning and, and oh crap, now we need to pivot. And, and there really wasn't a lot of time to do that. So we, we made the conscious decision that, you know, we're going to do the best we can. We still want to, you know, we took the time to sort of curate all this great content. We want to get it out there. We want to give the community a chance to, to still come together. But we didn't have time to put the sort of polish on it that a OD Tug event, um, you know, deserves. And, and so that's why we called it Learn From Home and, and not K-Scope. Um, but this year, you, you know, we knew the possibility going in, you, you know, that there was just a lot of unknowns. We, we had no idea what to expect. We had no idea how quickly things were going to turn. Um, we didn't know what the, the sort of um, state of vaccines was back in August when we, when we start planning the conference. So we made the conscious decision that we were going to try to be as open and flexible as possible with how we were deciding on things and, and that we were going to go in with the mentality of, you know, we have to be ready for whatever. Um, and, and as such, um, you know, we had started looking into to virtual platforms. We had started thinking about how a virtual event would be structured. We had to make some decisions around when and how the virtual event would be related to the in-person event. Um, all of those things, you know, we had to think about ahead of time and we took the time to think about them, debate them, discuss them, et cetera. Um, and, and so what I think, you know, when, when the decision came down to, to pivot to the, you know, the virtual event instead of the in-person conference, we, we were, we were ready. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily have every I dotted and T crossed, um, but, but we, you know, kind of knew, what our charter was now and and we had already done you know laid a lot of groundwork to be able to to pivot to that charter so so it, it it's definitely been challenging it's definitely been potentially more work than than the average conference committee has to go through because you know we we had to plan things from different angles but but i think i think we've done okay and and it was actually a little bit you know, uh, as much as we were all sad to not have an in-person conference, it was a little bit of a, of a relief to finally have a definitive course to follow. So, 
long-winded answer to your question, but, uh, but that, that's kind of how it all went down. Well, I think a lot of folks can relate to that because even vendors, you know, um, probably experiencing the same kind of uncertainty. Okay. Do we assign marketing dollars to this? We don't know what's going to happen. I think there was a huge sense of relief when there was so much clarity around the platform that recently came out and what kind of offerings we have for attendees and vendors. So, you know, that being said, knowing what uh, we know now, how do you suggest people, you know, make the most um, of the conference? Um, and, you know, how do you anticipate engaging um, attendees during a virtual event? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we designed the conference to be flexible. Like when, when you're at a live case scope or sorry, an in-person case scope, we, we live is the word that comes off the tip of the tongue quickly, but um, we want we want to assure everybody that the virtual event, our, our speakers will be live and not pre-recorded. We actually had that, that debate and discussion whether we were going to do that or not. Um, so, so we really make a distinction between calling it in-person K-Scope versus uh, virtual K-Scope um, or remote, uh, if you will. But anyway, when, when you're, when you're at an in-person conference when you've taken the time to travel somewhere and you're in a hotel and you've you've basically sort of extricated yourself from your family and your professional life um you know to attend an event you can you can kind of be focused and all in and 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 really sort of uh you know drink up the conference in in terms of all the richness that it has to offer with with a remote or virtual event, we knew that people were still going to need to balance their family lives, their professional lives. It was going to be harder to sort of justify, quote unquote, taking off work. Um, when hey, there could still be drinking, Kevin, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we, we still want that. Uh, how, how we accomplish that uh, is, is going to be potentially different person to person. But, um, but yeah, no, so, so I guess, we, we designed it in a way that it could be flexible. If, if you want to go all in for nine days and, and go to all kinds of different tracks and, and attend probably more sessions than you normally would be able to attend because we're not overlapping things the way that, that, that it does at a normal conference. So, so you shouldn't find yourself in a scenario where like I'm in EPM and oh no, I, 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 there's two great financial close sessions going on at the same time. Uh, which one do I go to? You you shouldn't find yourself in that predicament. Um, so so you can you can take as as much of it as you want, or you can also take as little of it as you want. We we put lots of space between sessions uh, on a given day. We spread tracks out so that you don't need to be tied up all week long or or for a whole week at a time. Um, and so you can you can make as much or as little of this as you want. Um, and, and in that sense, I think it, it will be very flexible and easy for people to sort of work in, into their agenda. Now, in terms of how we engage, I think that was one of the reasons we, we invested in a platform is we really wanted something, you know, that could bring people together on, on demand um, as needed to be able to have sort of those face-to-face conversations. Um, and... Um, you know, as such, a, a platform was going to enable that much better than a traditional sort of web conferencing software would. Um, and, and so those were some of the things we really looked for in, in the features that, that we made sure that it was going to be possible to, you know, get a small group of people in a room together. Uh, hopefully they turn their video cameras on, they don't have to, but, 
but allow them to talk to each other, have discussions about, you know, what they're seeing at their workplace and how they handle a certain type of technical problem or challenge. Um, and also have the ability to, you know, engage, um, you know, experts and, and people who are very knowledgeable in the space to pick their brains on how they would have solved a particular problem. Um, so that, that feature will definitely be very much a part of it. Excellent. So, you know, just even looking at the schedule, I think people will see the exhibit hall and vendor sessions and um, as a differentiating factor, in my opinion, you know, a lot of other virtual events during a pandemic can be death by Zoom. And I think the, the schedule itself is, you know, has differentiated when there's that time to interact. And so coming from a vendor and an attendee's perspective, I think that's something that dedicated time uh, will benefit both parties, right? And to your comment about, you know, the, the organized chaos that comes with a, an in-person conference, you know, a lot of times there may be questions that come up from attendees where just due to the nature of the networking events and the presentations, you can't necessarily get packed back to people um, in a quick turnaround time, you know, maybe the week after. I feel yeah. like this gives us an opportunity to really have those focused conversations and get answers faster to, you know, inquiries that may come up. Um, and so that's, I think, a differentiating factor just compared to other virtual events. Yeah, and I, I guess that, that is a good point. I mean, have, have you attended, uh, you know, different virtual events since the pandemic started? And has it been kind of mostly a, a death by Zoom experience? Has that been, you know, what you've what you've seen so far and the events that you've attended? In my experience, it definitely started that way. And then people started to get creative with some libations and homemaking kits of, you know, <laughs> trying to get trying to create cocktails on Zoom. And I think that got old too, right? And so at the end of the day, you just default to what is more straightforward and to the point. Um, but I think what has come together is now a hybrid approach to where, you know, we're trying to engage in a thoughtful way, but still give people the flexibility to have fun during our networking sessions. And so, yes, fun is allowed on a virtual conference. And so they, that can be a, a game of family feud, for example or drawful, just little different things that we're testing out. So I think that breaks up the monotony of the, you know, typical death by Zoom format. Yeah, and, and, and I think too, you know, um, we're also, we didn't get to bring hands-on labs into the equation last year virtually. We're, we're working on that right now and, and really trying to offer um, the great sort of plethora of learning opportunities that a normal live in-person case scope does, um, you know, where we didn't really have the bandwidth to put all that together last year. And so I think, you know, one of the things that I'm most optimistic about is that, you know, people will, will see the, the sort of variety of what we're offering. Um, and while we can't mimic or replicate um, the in-person experience totally, you know, I think one of the things we really strived for is, um, you know, to, to make it feel like there are a bunch of learning opportunities and styles and ways um, in which you can, you know, get great insight and learn uh, with, with, without having to feel like everything is sort of very rote and the same. Um, so I don't know, I, I, I'm curious what what you would say, like if, if someone came to you and said, you know, hey, I, I can I can read a blog online, I can watch a video online, why why would I pay money to to go to this event? 
what what would you say to 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 someone that sort of poses that question to you how would you frame it well i'm a big believer in you get what you pay for so um i think that while there is a plethora of content people are inundated with content all the time that is free uh the due diligence and thoughtfulness that's been put into curating the sessions the presentations the content um that does that does add this extra value that a you know, free events do not provide. So this was my first time being on a content selection committee. It was amazing and eye-opening to see the kind of uh, work that goes into um, specifically curating se sessions for each track. And I have a lot more respect for the process and that shines through um, in the quality of the content. So that would be my answer is that the quality far supersedes, you know, the cost. And so keeping that in mind, it opens up ways for people to learn um, and get the value. And then, you know, this year, I think when they look at the schedule, like you said, it's easier to get value with things that don't overlap. So you're not, um, you know, having to pick and choose. So you get more from the conference over the two week period as well. So that would be my response. I don't know what, I'm curious to hear what yours would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you've, you've hit the, the best reason, which is that, you know, sort of highly curated content. Um, you know, there, there is a vast amount out there and, and finding it can be, you know, definitely challenging, even with the, you know, search engine search capabilities that we have. Um, you know, finding the things that you're looking for is, is sometimes challenging. And then, and then I think too, you know, the, the way that content is out there, it's, it's very much a, um, I have a problem, I'm going to go look up a potential solution versus I think what's great about going to events like this um, is, is that you now have the opportunity to, to, sit in and listen to someone talk about something you may not have thought of, you may not have encountered yet, you may not have even known was something that you needed to be thinking about um, or that other people were thinking about. Um, and so the, the sort of ability to have your eyes open to um, whether it's new ways to do something, whether it's, you know, sort of cutting edge, cutting edge approaches or, or sort of new releases of of Oracle software or new techniques of, of programming or coding that, that, you know, you weren't aware existed, um, or even just new trends, like the, the ability to kind of get exposed to stuff that you wouldn't have thought to ask yourself or wouldn't have gone out to that, you know, Google search bar and, and typed in a question, I, I think is, is a great opportunity. And we tried to price this at a, at a price point that um, ultimately made it really simple for people to not sort of question whether it was, um, you know, something of value or not. Um, and while at the same time, you know, providing an opportunity for, for OD Tug, which is an organization that, that really prides itself on getting, you know, great technical information out to its community, uh, you know, sort of the means to, to, you know, continue to operate as, as a, a, you know, really thoughtful organization that it is. So, so I think, you know, I, I, I like the idea of, of being exposed to, to new thoughts and ideas that, that I, you know, wouldn't have otherwise known to go search for um, as, as something that really sort of stands out as, as why attending something like this can be incredibly valuable. And not to mention the anti-sales 
you know, sentiment, right? So most of the content out there that's free is very salesy. And like you said, this is technical content uh, with a specific target audience in mind. So I think that's also worth mentioning <laughs> that, you know, that there's a very distinct difference between the two types of messaging. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. So, so, you know, of all the things that we're planning, what's, what's something that you're really looking forward to, to doing? Well, I am uh, partially biased to the women in technology event, just as someone yep. who led it the past several years with um, the in-person conference. I am excited to see how that's going to all come together. Um, we are still ironing out the details, but um, just from the early, you know, enthusiasm from the sponsor and the community, I think um, in light of a pandemic where women have been hit the hardest, it's definitely a, a message that will resonate with our user community. And, um, you know, as women reintegrate back into the workforce and we get to a new normal, retooling um, is one of the top priorities. In addition to connecting with other, um, you know, not only women in the community, but people who have a voice and, and want to speak to um, how women can re-engage, I think that's going to be a big topic that comes up. But just the excitement of getting uh, women in technology together again, we'll start there. And um, I think we'll have a lot to chat about. And so that really, you know, is something I can get behind. Yeah. And what's, what's, what's great about that. I mean, a, you're, you're first listing off something that that's going to be a great example of how we're able to offer uh, those, those sort of networking conversation opportunities uh, because that, that isn't, you know, by, by nature of the event and, and the, the great job that you did, you know, sort of running it uh, over X number, I gosh, three, four years uh, at, at K-Scope, um, it, it ultimately is, um, you know, sitting down at one of those tables and, and, you know, that's actually how I met you. I had the pleasure of being at your table a couple times uh, <laughs> and, and how we became friends. So it, it's, it's, it is about the back and forth conversation. It's not just a one-way presentation event. Um, and so it, it really highlights what we're going to be able to offer in this platform, the, the ability to effectively sit at one of those table and tables and have the same types of conversations that, um, you know, that we did at the in-person conference. So I think that's actually a very cool one to highlight because it's, it's also showcasing, you know, sort of what, what we're able to offer in the event that's different than just sort of the passive listening experience. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, I, I can't help but ask you, you know, coming from the perspective of a two-year tenure, you know, not resulting in a, in a typical K-Scope conference, not a typical, you know, networking session, nothing has been typical. So what, um, what have you taken away from this experience? Well, you're, you're going to have to answer this question too, because you're in the same boat with me. Uh, <laughs> I, I brought you along on this, this ride. Uh, and I, I think, uh, you know, there was, uh, when I, when I first recruited you uh, for this role, there was definitely uh, different expectations in mind <laughs> with regards to how this was all going to pan out. But no, I mean, we can, we can laugh about it. Right. But I mean, I think it's, it's, it's asked us to you know, really, you know, think differently and, and be sort of creative about, um, you know, how we normally sort of plan case scope, because one of the great things of having a management company like YCC is, is they have a, a process sort of all laid out for the, the conference committee. There's, there's a very detailed plan to follow. It's not like it's, 
it's just sort of the rote same things every year because every location brings different uh, you know things to talk about and different challenges. But but there is a very definitive process to follow for planning this conference, which is you know one of the things I actually wanted to try to highlight with this podcast um, and and give people a little bit of visibility to this. But but I think what our last two years have shown us is that you know we we have to be uh, you know sort of creative and. Um, you know, willing to, to sort of think about things differently and look at things differently, um, you know, because uh, we, we just can't make the same assumptions that we've always had um, or always, you know, always did make. So um, it's definitely been an interesting two years, no doubt. Um, but I, I think, you know, the organization will, will walk away a little bit better for it because I think, you know, sometimes... And, and we've seen this, you know, around the world, right? There are just different industries and different societal norms that that people are just sort of rethinking. You know, why do we just sort of always do it that way? Um, and and there will definitely be some good lasting changes that come out of this pandemic. And I think you know, Odie Tug as a whole will have some as well. Absolutely. And, you know, like you said, I've been in the same boat um, as you, of course, not in as uh, great of a capacity, but still on the conference committee, it has been um, challenging, but we've grown through the experience, um, the need to be nimble and flexible and, you know, question the way we've always done things because this year those same norms don't apply. I remember even um, early on when we informally surveyed, you know, potential attendees from years past, that was that was even a little out of the ordinary, right? Because yeah. in prior years, we would never even think to, you know, gauge travel comfort. Um, but, you know, I think it's been eye opening and seeing how the pandemic has evolved, but we're still not quite back to normal. So we need to be mindful um, even as we go into planning the next year. So um, being able to, to grow from it has been uh, great and being able to question things that we've always done the same way, that's also been a learning experience. And so sometimes it takes more to push the envelope, but um, you know, I think that's necessary and we come out better and stronger from it. Well, well said. And uh, I think I'm, I'm gonna use the, uh, that, that incredibly well phrased sentiment as, as a way to sort of end this episode, because I think, you know, that, that really sort of captures what we can all take away from this and, and you know, how, how we're gonna move forward and, and how we'll continue on trying to do the things we all love. And, and K-Scope is one of them. So for those of us that are that do volunteer this time, um, and, and I thank you for, for doing it this, these last two years, uh, it, it, it is because we, we love this community and we love this event. So, um, you know, I think the, the ability to adapt and, and sort of evolve with whatever the future, you know, holds for, for K-Scope and, and ODTUG overall, I, I, I think we can all learn from, you know, the things that we've gone through in, in these last two years of, of trying to plan a conference during a pandemic. And I think there'll be some really good things that come out of that. So, so thanks for, for being on the episode, Minnie. This was great. A lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So to all of the OD Tuggers out there, uh, thanks for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you get a you know really good understanding of, of what goes into behind the scenes of planning K-Scope and, and you know, the thought and tension and time that, that all of us put in. Um, and we really look forward to seeing you at the 
kscope 21 virtual event so please go register today kscope21.odtug.com thanks for listening and see you next time Thank you.